Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travers and this is The Leader. How do you solve a problem like HS2? I'm not going to be forced into a premature decision because it's good for someone's TV programme. What I want to do is make the right decision for the country. This is an enormous amount of people's money, taxpayers' money, everybody watching, billions and billions of pounds. The Prime Minister there having a bit of a prickly exchange on BBC Breakfast regarding the potential scrapping of the Birmingham to Manchester leg of High Speed Rail 2. Rishi Sunak has not confirmed a decision either way as it stands, but the speculation of what is being considered has led to huge backlash from around the country, including the Mayor of Greater Manchester, Andy Burnham. This was the Parliament when the north of England was being levelled up with the rest of the country, and here we are at the end of it. And if they're about to pull the plug, that would just be the desperate act of a dying government with nowhere left, left to go. Joining me now to discuss this in more detail is Jitendra Joshi, the Evening Standard's Deputy Political Editor. Jitendra, why is the PM getting so much backlash in regards to HS2 then? He's getting backlash from across the cities on the route, London, Birmingham and Manchester perhaps naturally given that much long-term planning for development uh, of all those places has been anchored on the arrival of HS2 in in the coming years. But he's also getting wider backlash from opposition parties, but also in particular from Tory MPs in in Northern England who question his commitment to the wider levelling up agenda. HS2 was meant to be at the heart of a plan to rebalance growth across the country from London in the southeast to the Midlands and further north. Uh, if you take HS2 out of the equation for Rishi Sunak's critics, that imperils the entire agenda of levelling up that was so enthusiastically promoted by Boris Johnson. For Rishi Sunak and for the government, the stress now, given all the pressures that the country's been under since the pandemic, since the war in Ukraine, and since inflation soared, is that this high-speed project is simply becoming unaffordable with costs tripling to somewhere over £100 billion and then it's time to look at whether we're getting value for money from all of that. The PM hasn't committed to a decision yet. Is there a chance he could change his mind on this? The indications do seem to be that HS2 in its current configuration won't happen. We are hearing that 
the indications seem to be at least that the planned leg from Birmingham to Manchester will be at least shelved, if not cancelled entirely. The other major bit of speculation is surrounded an extremely expensive uh, final leg into central London, into the planned new terminus at Euston Station. The latest thinking on that, the hints and rumours are that that might actually go ahead after all. And if that's the case, then do nothing to redress the criticism from people like Manchester Mayor Andy Burnham that this Conservative government has given up on the North and, and is looking really only at its um, electoral strongholds in, in the South East and uh, going, going into the Midlands. So again, it sort of undermines the levelling up agenda. But you're right to, to stress that nothing is as yet confirmed. Rishi Sunak interviews this morning was keen to stress that... Um, spades are in the ground as he says the construction work has is already proceeding on the existing line from london to birmingham no final decision has been made but there's intense speculation that he will make some sort of announcement when he concludes the tory conference in manchester tomorrow with a keynote speech um, around midday let's go to the ads Stay there to hear our City Hall editor and transport editor, Ross Lydell, on what the future of HS2 could look like and what the changes mean for London. Why not hit rate and follow in the meantime? A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Here with me now to look into HS2 in more detail is Ross Lydell, the Evening Standard City Hall editor and transport editor. It was almost a year ago today when I was in West Ryslip watching the first of two tunnel boring machines set off from the edge of West London in towards Euston. And uh, what a lot has happened in a year. Back then there was a sort of mood of, sort of celebration and relief that uh, HS2 was finally heading towards the centre of London. Now, of course, it's gone badly off track and all the indications are that it's about to hit the buffers. The way it was originally meant to work was it was going to connect London with Glasgow and Edinburgh. This is going back more than 20 years. The published plans went through numerous changes and iterations and the sort of the genesis or the basis of the plan we have now essentially it was approved by Justine Greening when she was a Tory Transport Secretary back in around 2012, the first year or two of the Tory Lib Dem coalition government. And that route 
is the one that we've been arguing about for some time now. It would have gone from London, from Euston, via Old Oak Common, up via Birmingham and Crewe to Manchester and also to Leeds. The line initially was designed as a sort of Y shape with Leeds being one top of the point of the, the right hand top of the Y and Manchester, the left hand side of the Y. About uh, nearly two years ago now, the government decided to get rid of the Leeds connection, leaving the London to Manchester route. But now, of course, the big argument is whether both the line will come to London or get stuck at Old Oak Common in northwest London rather than coming to Euston, and also whether it will actually get north beyond Birmingham to Crewe and Manchester. And where is the project up to as it stands? As it stands, there are about 350 work sites. A huge amount of work has been done. Many of the tunnels have been dug between Birmingham and Old Oak Common. There's been a substantial amount of work at Euston as well. Anybody who has got a train or a tube at Euston over the last few years will have seen a huge amount of disruption. And this is why it's somewhat ironic that the government is essentially talking about downing tools at Euston. Mark Harper, the Transport Secretary, essentially sought to put the Euston site in mothballs back in March to try and save on cash. But this fails to recognise how much work and disruption has already happened at Euston. Euston has really been a bit of a massive construction site for more than five years now. You know, many people have lost their homes already. Many businesses have been affected. If you try and go around the back or the side of Euston Main Line Station, you'll find it's all boarded off. There's a narrow passageway through to Drummond Street and all that sort of fantastic curry houses. But really, this is the HS2 project has already had a massive impact on central London and Euston. Let's talk money now. How much is it costing and how much money would these potential changes save? Well, that is a very good question. And that probably goes to the very heart of this. When HS2 was first envisaged, the ballpark figure that was being mooted was around sort of 35, 40 billion pounds for the London to Manchester and Leeds route. Now, this was probably about a decade ago, and obviously much has happened since then. You have the cost of inflation. They had the COVID pandemic that sent costs rising as well, and various other factors. You know, construction inflation over the last year or two has been estimated at sort of 30 to 40%. About a year ago, the cost for the total project was estimated about 74 billion. The most recent figure is in excess of 100 billion. The reality is nobody quite knows how much it will cost. What we do know, though, is that for the London to Birmingham link, it's estimated about 42, 44 billion, of which nearly 30 billion pounds has either been spent or allocated. So huge amounts of money have been spent already in terms of the total cost. Well, it's really, you know, pluck a scary number out of the sky and you might be close. It's not going to be cheap, but it's now the argument is, will it be worthwhile? And is there any point stopping the project now that we're so far down the tracks? How much would these potential changes to HS2 impact the future of our national transport system? Certainly, I think critics of the government say that stopping the project now or curtailing it would essentially leave the UK as a sort of international laughing stock and it would make really little sense on transport terms. The problem with HS2 is that it's actually a bit of a misnomer the way it's been called high speed two. It's called high speed two because it essentially built on high speed one. 
which was the most successful uh, construction of the line from St Pancras down to the Channel Tunnel. And that was completed in 2003. And the idea was to go to use the expertise on High Speed 1 and then replicate it by connecting London with the North and Scotland. The reality, though, is that the trains aren't that much faster than some of the fast trains just now and certainly wouldn't be much faster to Birmingham. You might have a sort of saving of around 20 to 30 minutes on an average journey time. What it does, though, is increase capacity massively on the railways and also would further encourage people out of their cars because really this is what it's about. It's not just about the railways, it's about the motorways. And anybody who's driven anywhere near London or anywhere near the M1 or the M6 will know how horrendously busy these roads are at all times of the day virtually. And that was the reason HS2 was being built, to make it easier to get north and less stressful, less chance of getting caught in road jams. Now, in terms of what it means if it is curtailed, well, you'd end up essentially with a line between London and Birmingham. You would cause huge amounts of anger and dismay amongst people living in the north and also The idea as well would be that HS2 would have linked in with what's known as the Northern Powerhouse Rail Project, which is a sort of east-west project here that would link Liverpool, Manchester and Leeds. And that would intersect with HS2, all things being well. But of course, if HS2 doesn't get there, then it sort of devalues the east-west project as well in the north. And it essentially leaves the government really battling to answer any sort of sense that it's actually fulfilling its pledge to level up the north. But in terms of London, what it would mean, of course, it would be fairly disastrous if it ended up terminating at Old Oak Common, which is essentially sort of, you know, 500 yards south of Wilsdon Junction, a tube and train station. And it would mean that anybody getting HS2 to London would have to then change onto the Elizabeth Line at the new Old Oak Common station, which is still under construction, And uh, therefore, that would add to the journey times, add to the hassle and actually make HS2 seem less desirable as a way to get to London than the existing services. And what would it all mean for Londoners specifically? Uh, Euston Station, as as I've mentioned, is is already something of a construction site. One thing that would particularly dismay Londoners is that as part of the HS2 station there, HS2 offered to rebuild the tube station. Now, Euston tube station is far from the best on the... London Underground Network, and that would have a major revamp uh, to really to tie in with the new HS2 station. So that would be lost as well if HS2 doesn't come to Euston. The Euston station situation is also a bit of a fiasco. It's only a few months ago that the Public Accounts Committee, the most powerful committee in the House of Commons, basically condemned the Department for Transport for the way it handled the Euston station situation. There, that station was meant to cost about 2.2 billion. The latest estimates are about 4.6 billion. A year or two ago, the government or the Department for Transport changed its plans for the HS2 station at Euston. It was going to be an 11 platform station built in two stages. It changed that to a supposedly simpler station that has 10 platforms and it would all be built in one phase. The idea was to save money, but that actually ended up wasting £106 million and saw the total cost pretty much doubled. So the idea it would be cheaper to do the new plan has been shown not to be true as well. The HS2 station would sit alongside the network rail station at Euston as well. London has been lucky that King's Cross station has been 
transformed that St Pancras is essentially probably the most beautiful station in the country, if not in Europe. Uh, but we're left with this mess at Euston and this idea that somehow HS2 would get stuck at Old Oak Common and actually using HS2 would be more of a challenge and less of an attraction than ever envisaged in the first place. So you end up with this sort of multi-episode sort of disaster story where the government really stands accused of failing to fulfil all its promises. You can read more on HS2 and other stories in the Evening Standard newspaper or on our website, standard.co.uk. And that's it from this episode of The Leader. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.